a story Fill up the pages Sing a little song Keep me around Keep me with you Right by your night sand Keep me around As long as you can Ready Ready to bring the fury? Mm-hmm. Right. Oh no, you have a, a tear of tiredness. Yes, yeah, my my face is leaking, but no matter. We're here to work. We're here to explore the mysteries of our time, the past, present, and the not so distant future on an episode of ADD Storytelling, the podcast in which we do all the things I just listed. <laughs> my name's Tucker. You're totally not sick and kind of out of it host. Joined, as always, by our diaphanous neurodivergence main main protagonist. I'm doing great. Maddie, how's it going, Maddie? <laughs> Are you sure you want to do this? Oh yeah, I'm sure. Okay. I'm not leading it today. I just have to I just have to absorb the energy or your words. Yes. And energies, I suppose. Either or. Right, so today we're doing Baba Yaga too. Part two. Which is just stories of Baba Yaga where there are Baba Yagas in them. Multiple Baba Yagas at once? like There are a couple of them where there's multiple ones. Like really? where it's her sister, aunts, relatives, whatever. Cousins. Like the sequel to Alien and Aliens when there's just multiple xenomorphs because they didn't know how to make it scarier than just having many of them. Well, if you recall from the previous episode. Yes. She has many a daughter. Oh, right, yeah. And she also has sisters. Yeah, because she would just, like, plow everyone that came through town. Yeah, I mean, that's what she said. Yeah. Okay. Cool. So, Baba Yagi, plural. Let's do it. Are we diving straight in, or do you have a fun anecdote from this last week to share with us, or anything of the like? I don't think I do. No? I think I'm just... I mean, I live in fear for the camping trip I'm about to go on, but other than that, I'm pretty sure I'm okay. Any mystical reasons or, like, any horror underpinning this fear of the supernatural variety, or is it more of a logistical fear? It's more the fact that I have to use a pit toilet with 40 children. Hmm. Okay. So how do you feel about birds? Oh, they're not real. This may Otherwise, I'm fairly be... apathetic about birds. I was pretty upset there was a bird that caused Jordan a lot of grief a couple of weeks ago, but otherwise, birds are fine. Jordan got into a fight with a bird. Like a crow? No, it's like a little sparrow. <laughs> I didn't appreciate it, but otherwise, they're just... I feel like I heard the story and I still don't remember it or understand. <laughs> otherwise, I'm, you know, though fake, I'm a big fan of those fluffy guys. They're majestic expressions of God's grace. I, I'm here for it. Okay. Every well, time I see a bird, I realize that we are loved. Because why else would something that beautiful be put in this world with us? Aww. <laughs> so this one is called Finis the Bright Falcon 2. What was the first word? Uh, Finist. Finist, is that a name? Yes, All I right. believe so. Finist. Finist. What do you think? I don't know. 
<laughs> I don't know. Once there lived an old man and an old woman. Hot. You know, ripe 35. Mm. They had three daughters. The youngest was such a beauty that it can't be told in a tale or written down by pen. Well, then give up on this? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think they're trying to let it be open to us about what we think is beautiful, which is nice. Oh, that's a that's a uh, diplomatic way of reading that. You're giving them a lot of uh, leeway on their lack of descriptive skills and giving them more uh, credit or benefit of the doubt that they're just being kind-hearted and open-minded. You're a sweet person. I mean, I'm choosing to believe it as such. Once the old man was getting ready to go to the city. Is that his name? Yes, the old man. Cool. And he said, my gracious daughters, whatever you wish, give me your orders. I'll buy everything at the market. The eldest said, buy me a new dress, father. The middle one said, buy me a shawl kerchief, father. You know, for her hair. But the youngest said, buy me a little scarlet flower. The father laughed at the youngest daughter. And what, silly little thing, do you need a little scarlet flower for? A great lot of good it would do you. I'd better go buy you a fancy clothes. Only, no matter what he said, he couldn't persuade her at all. Buy a little scarlet flower, and that was all she wanted. The old man set off for the market. He bought his eldest daughter a dress, and the middle one a shawl kerchief. But he couldn't find a little scarlet flower in the whole city. He was already at the very gate of the city, when he happened to meet an old man he didn't know, another old man, <clears throat> who was carrying a little scarlet flower in his hands. Sell me your flower, old man! It's not for sale, it's special. The man was so old that his name could not be described with a pen. <laughs> if your youngest daughter will marry my son, finish the bright falcon, then I'll give you this flower for nothing. The father sank into thought. Not taking the flower would cause his daughter grief, but taking it would mean having to marry her off, and God knows to whom. He thought and thought, and finally he took the little scarlet flower after all. It's not a misfortune, he thought. He'll come courting later on, and if he's no good, then we'll turn him down. I mean, promise is a promise, though. <laughs> this is a fairy tale. The old man came home and gave his eldest daughter the dress and his middle daughter the shawl kerchief. But he gave the youngest one the little flower and said, Your flower doesn't please me, my dear daughter. Doesn't please me at all. And he whispered in her ear, You know, the flower is special, not for sale. I got it from an old stranger on the condition that I marry you to his son. Finish the bright falcon. Don't grieve, father, answered the daughter. He's so good and affectionate. He flies as a bright falcon through the sky. But as soon as he strikes the damp earth, then he turns into a fine young man. She's taking this in stride and knows a lot more about this boy than that old man does. Can it be that you know him? I know him, I know him, father. Last Sunday he was at church. He kept looking at me and I spoke with him. You know, he loves me, father. Apparently. Okay. <laughs> the old man shook his head, looked closely at his daughter, made the sign of the cross over her and said go to your room my dear daughter it's already bedtime morning's wiser than the evening we'll make sense of it all later but the daughter locked herself in her room put the little scarlet flower into water opened the window and looked out into the blue distance out of nowhere there before her appeared finished the bright falcon with jeweled feathers he swooped in through the window struck the floor and turned into a fine lad at first, the girl was frightened, but then, once he gave, began to talk with her, she felt ever so merry and good. <laughs> they conversed until dawn. I don't know about what. 
falcon shit. Talking about birds, enjoying the sky, the various treasures of his wings. Yeah, I think we have the ability for you to make that up because that's literally what it says. I don't know what about. (laughs) It's talking quotes, correct? Talking quotes. Yeah, they talked all night this morning. Mm. No, I think they actually talked. No. Usually silent during. I know anything about falcons. I only know that when it began to get light, finished the bright falcon with the jeweled feathers, kissed her, and said, Every night, as soon as you put the little scarlet flower on the windowsill, I'll come to you, my dear. And here's a feather for you for my wing, if you need any kind of fine clothes. Go out on the porch and just wave the feather to the right. In an instant, everything your soul might desire will appear right in front of you. He kissed her once more, turned into a bright falcon, and flew away over the dark forest. The girl watched her intended leave, closed the window, and lay down to rest. From then on, every night, as soon as she put the little scarlet flower in the open window, the fine land finished the bright falcon would come flying to her. Sunday came, and the older sisters began to dress up for church. And what will you put on? You have nothing new, they said to the youngest one. She said, that's all right, I can pray at home, too. The older sisters went off to Mass, but the little one sat by the window all smudged and looked at the Orthodox people going to God's church. Like Russian Orthodox? I don't know. It was Greek Orthodox. Just a bunch of different Orthodoxies. She waited long enough for them to pass, went out on the porch, waved the jeweled feather to the right, and then from out of nowhere a crystal carriage appeared before her with a team of matching horses and a servant in gold, dresses, and all kinds of ornaments made of brightly colored jewels. The fair maiden got herself dressed in a minute, got into the carriage, and hurried off to the church. It's very Cinderella-esque. Yeah. Except she's going to church, which seems like way less fun than a ball. It's a little bit more of a bummer. Um, <laughs> and just the two sisters as well. Her Cinderella. Mm. And she's smudged, covered in cinders like Cinderella. Yeah, we don't know what she's smudged with, but yeah. Probably a <laughs> falcon parts. <laughs> The fair maiden got herself dressed in a minute, got into the carriage, and hurried off to the church. The people looked and marveled at her beauty. You can see that some kind of princess has come, the people said amongst themselves. When she heard the service drawing to an end, she left the church right away, got in the carriage, and rode off home. The orthodox people came outside, hoping to get a look and see where she was going. There was no sign of her. Her tracks had cooled long ago. No sooner had our beauty driven up to the porch of her house than she waved the jeweled feather to the left. No time, the servant helped her take off the splendid dress, and the carriage disappeared. She was sitting there just as before, as if nothing at all had happened, looking out the window at the Orthodox people scattering to their homes. Her sisters came home, too. Well, sister, they said. What a beauty there was at Mass in the church. A real pleasure to see. No tale could tell it, and no pen could write it down. There, there, that is again. <laughs> it must have been a queen from foreign lands who came visiting. She was just magnificent, all dressed up. (laughs) A second Sunday came, and a third. The fair maiden kept teasing the Orthodox people, her own sisters and her father and mother. Then once, when she was taking off her fine clothes, she forgot to take a diamond pin out of her hair. Her older sisters came from the church and were telling her about the beautiful princess when they took a look at their little sister, and the diamond was just blazing in her plates. (laughs) Yeah, hit that diamond. Ah, sister, what do you have there? 
cried the girls. Why, the princess today had exactly that kind of pin in her hair. Where did you get it? The fairy maiden gasped and ran off to her room. There was no end to the questions, guesses, and whispering back and forth, but the youngest sister crept quiet and laughed to herself. Then the older sisters started paying close attention to her, listening at night outside her bedroom, and once they heard her conversation with Minus the Bright Falcon. At dawn they saw him with their own eyes as he shot out the window and flew off over the dark forest. They were evil girls, it seems, the two big sisters. They decided to hide knives on the window of their sister's chamber in the evening so that Finnis the Bright Falcon would cut his jeweled wings. Brutal. It's fucked up. Once they got the idea, they did it. Well, the younger sister didn't suspect anything. No, how do you hide knives? You know, on the windowsill. No, I don't. I don't either. <laughs> she put her little scarlet flower on the windowsill, lay back on her bed, and fell sound asleep. Finnis the Falcon came flying, but when he swooped into the window, he cut his left leg. But the fair maiden knew nothing about it. She was sleeping so sweetly, so peacefully. The bright falcon soared up angrily into the open sky and flew away over the dark forest. In the morning, the beauty woke up and looked in every direction. It was already light, but there was no sign of the handsome young man. As soon as she glanced out the window, she saw sharp knives sticking out this way and that outside the window, and scarlet blood was dripping from them onto the little flower. For a long time, the maid drowned in bitter tears. She spent many sleepless nights by the window of her chamber, tried waving the jeweled feather, but all in vain. Finished the bright falcon didn't come flying to her, and he didn't send his servants either. Finally, she went to her father with tears in her eyes and asked for his blessing. I'm going, she said. I don't know where. She ordered three pairs of iron shoes forged for her and three iron crutches, three iron caps, and three iron loaves. You gotta have your loaves. Loaves. Mm-hmm. She put on a pair of shoes on her feet, cap on her head, and a crutch in her hands. She set off in the same direction Finnist was always... Flying from? Flying from. To see Fly- her. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> right. Too many Fs. Same direction that Finnist was flying from? Yeah. <laughs> Where he came from. It's going that way. Okay. She walked along through a deep, dark forest. Walked over stumps and stiles. The iron shoes were already getting worn. The iron cap was wearing out. The crutch was breaking. The loaf not away. But the fair maiden kept walking and walking, while the forest grew blacker and blacker. She walks hard if she's wearing down iron. Thicker and thicker. Mm. Suddenly she saw, standing in front of her, a cast iron hut on chicken legs that constantly turned around. The little maiden said, Little house, little house. Stand with your back to the woods, your front to me. The house turned its front toward her. So this is what I'm saying. Yeah. She said a little ditty. Everyone in every story knows the ditty to make the house turn around. To yeah. It's Common so knowledge. You know it. <laughs> I know it because of the story, but I wouldn't know it. They would know it from the stories. It's very confusing. She went into the house, and a Baba Yaga was lying inside from corner to corner. Oh, this is one of the plump ones that just, like, fills up the room? Lips on the railing, no stuff in the ceiling. Naturally. <laughs> bye, bye, bye. Before the Russian smell couldn't be seen with the sight, couldn't be heard with the hearing, but now the Russian spirit walks over the free world and appears before my very eyes, throws itself into my nose. Where does your road lead, fair maiden? Are you doing a deed or fleeing a deed? 
Granny, I had finished the bright falcon, jeweled feathers, but my sisters harmed him. Now I'm searching for finished. The bright falcon. <laughs> I don't know why we have to say his whole name. It's an honorary thing. It's an honorific. You gotta, gotta show, show respect. I guess. They don't have a nickname, I guess. Finn. <laughs> yeah, Finn. Bird. bird. <laughs> You'll have a long way to go, little one. You must pass through thrice nine more lands. Finished the bright falcon, jeweled feathers, lives in the 50th kingdom. In the thrice 80th. nine? So... State. Oh. And he is already betrothed to a princess. That sucks. It does suck. <laughs> Baba Yaga fed the maiden whatever God had provided, gave her something to drink, and put her to bed. In the morning, as soon as the light began to spread, she woke her up and gave her a precious gift, a little gold mallet and ten diamond nails. And she instructed her, When you come to the blue sea, finish the bright falcon's bride will come out on the shore for a stroll. But you take this golden mallet in your hand and hammer in the diamond nails. She'll ask to buy them from you. Don't you take anything, fair maiden, only ask to see finish the bright falcon. There now, go with God to see my middle sister. So, sister Baba Yaga is yeah. coming up. Is that, is she implying that the sister is the person that finishes marrying? No. That's just like. Go, go find my sister now. The way to get there yeah. is through her sister's. Again, the fair maiden walked along through the dark forest, farther and farther, and the forest kept getting blacker and denser, its treetops curling to the sky. It's like got creepy trees. So much spooky, spooky spruce. The second pair of shoes was already down at heel. The second cap was already worn out. The iron crutch was breaking, and the second loaf was not through. I- iron loaves? I don't... And there were standing before her was a cast-iron house on chicken legs, and it turned round without ever ceasing. Little house, little house, stand with your back to the woods and your front to me. I must climb inside to eat some bread. Lovely rendition. That was good. <laughs> I like the energy you put in that. <laughs> the little house turned with its back to the woods, its front toward the maiden. She went inside, but Baba Yaga was lying inside the little house from corner to corner. Lips on the railing, nose stuck to the ceiling. Fie, 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 before the Russian smell couldn't be seen with sight or heard with hearing, but now the Russian smell has started walking all over the wide world. Where does your road lead, fair maiden? This is literally the same dialogue. Mm. Granny, I'm searching for Finnish. that Russian smell? That's right. The Russian Describe smell. that for me. You were really good at describing smells yesterday. <laughs> I don't know what a Russian smell smells like. I immediately think of pastries, so... Think of mud and horses and vodka. Yeah, vodka and, pastries. And like oil, metal, sheet metal. It smells like horse sheet metal. They probably have horses there. Yeah. I don't know. Many a mule. <laughs> a mule. It smells like a drunken mule. <laughs> a vodka mule. A Moscow mule. Moscow mule. Oh, oh my god. <laughs> god, we're stupid. Okay. Got there. <laughs> he is about to get married. They're already holding the party for the bridesmaids, said the Baba Yaga. She gave the maiden food and drink and put her to sleep. In the morning, as soon as it got light, she woke her up, gave her a golden saucer with a diamond ball, and ordered her firmly, firmly. When you come to the shore of the blue sea, start rolling the diamond ball on the golden saucer. 
finish the bright falcon's bride will come out to you and start trying to buy the saucer with the ball don't you take anything for it just ask to see finish the bright falcon jeweled feathers now go with god to see my older sister again the fair maiden walked through the dark forest farther and farther the forest ever blacker and thicker the third pair of shoes i was already worn to the heel the third cap was already worn out and the last crutch was breaking the last loaf not away before her a cast-iron house was standing on its chicken legs kept turning and turning around what's going to happen now little house uh. little house turn your back to the woods your front to me i must go inside to eat some bread house turn once again there was a baba yaga in the house she lay there from corner to corner lips on the railing no Nose step in the to the ceiling uh. high five five before the russian smell was not to be seen with the sight not to be heard with the hearing but now the russian smell walks all over the wide world where does your path lead fair maiden I'm looking for Finish the Bright Falcon, Granny. Ah, fair maiden, he's already married. Here's my swift horse. Mount it and ride with God. The maiden mounted the horse and raced onward, while the forest got thinner and thinner. And there was a blue sea, wide and free, spreading out before her. And there in the distance, like fire, golden roofs burned on high towers of white stone. Hmm. So I'm not sure if we're going to see another Baba Yaga, but... We did just see three in a row. We did. I feel like things tend to go in threes. Certainly in fairy tales, yeah. Yeah. There must be the kingdom of Finnish the Bright Falcon, thought the maiden. She sat down on the shifting sand and began to hammer the diamond nails with the golden hammer. Suddenly a princess came walking down the beach with her nurses, with her nannies, and with her faithful servants. She stopped and started to bargain for the diamond nails and golden melons. Princess, just let me have a look at Finis the Bright Falcon, and I'll let you have them for nothing, the girl answered. But Finis the Bright Falcon is sleeping now. He ordered that no one be let in to see him. Well, so be it. Give me a wonderful nails and mallet, and I'll show them to you. She took the mallet and the little nails, ran to the palace, and stuck a magic pin into Finis the Bright Falcon's clothes so he would sleep more soundly, and wouldn't wake up from his sleep. Then she ordered the nurses to lead the fair maid into the palace to her husband, the Bright Falcon and she herself went for a walk. For a long time the girl wrung her hands. For a long time she cried over her darling, but there was no way she could wake him. When she had strolled all she wanted, the princess came home, chased the fair maiden away, and pulled out the pin. Finished the bright falcon woke up. Ugh, but how long I've been sleeping, he said. Someone was here and kept weeping and lamenting over me, only there was no way I could open my eyes. It was so hard for me. You were dreaming, answered the princess. There was nobody here. <laughs> the next day the fair maiden again sat on the shore of the dark blue sea, and she rolled the diamond ball on the golden saucer. The princess came out to stroll. She saw it and asked, Sell it to me! Let me just take a look at Finch the Bright Falcon. I'll let you have it for nothing. The princess agreed and again stuck a pin in Finnis, the Bright Falcon's clothes. Again, the pair maiden wept bitterly over her darling and couldn't wake him. On the third day, she sat on the shore of the dark blue sea, so sorrowful and sad, feeding her horse glowing coals. Glowing coals? I guess she has a magic. It was like a really swift horse, so maybe it... Yeah, we skipped over that, that quest item, the glowing coals. Well, we didn't skip it. It just hasn't been mentioned until now that the very swift horse of the Baba Yaga eats coals for I think breakfast. That, that constitutes skipping. But <laughs> here we are. But I didn't skip you it. You didn't skip it, no. The princess agreed. 
ran into the palace and said, Finnis, bright falcon, let me look in your hair for lice. So random. <laughs> she sat down to search his head and stuck a pin in his hair. He immediately fell sound asleep. Then she sent her nurses to bring the fair maiden. Some creepy pin action. Yeah, it's very you could creepy. Really do some, you could really do some damage with those pins. She came in, tried to wake her darling, embraced him, kissed him, and she herself cried bitterly. Bitter. No, he wouldn't wake up. She began to search in his hair and happened to pull out the magic pin. Finnis the bright falcon, jeweled feathers, woke up right away, saw the fair maiden, and how he rejoiced. She told him everything that had happened, how her evil sisters had begun to envy her, how she went wandering, and how she had bargained with the, with the princess. He fell in love with her even more than before, kissed her sugared lips, and ordered without <laughs> delay a gathering mm. of voyeurs and princes and all kinds of people of rank. Maddie, tell me more about her sugary lips. <laughs> That is the detail I wish to explore more further. Explain to me how she had lips like licorice. Licorice is sweet to you. Sugar mm. lips is licorice. Mmm. Your mouth tastes like nerd's rope. <laughs> That's more like sugar. Delicious. Delicious. Hot gobstopper lips. She puts like mm. a coat of sprinkles on her lips every day. Oh yes, your crusty sprinkle lips. <laughs> Press them against me. He asked these, he, he gathered a council, yes. Then mm-hmm. he's like, How do I divorce my wife? <laughs> what is your judgment? With which wife should I spend all my days? With that one who sold me, or with this one who bought me? Por que no los dos? I don't understand that comparison. <laughs> what? All the voyeurs and princes and people of various ranks decided with one voice that he should take the one who had bought him and the ones who had sold him should be hanged on the gates and shot. There we go, okay. And that is what is done by Britis, Finis the Bright Falcon, Jeweled Feathers! Exclamation point. That's it. Tight, so she got another woman killed? Apparently. Good for her. Yeah, so she she wanted to marry a guy, and then instead of, um, I don't know, divorcing her or Eloping, some other sort of thing. Uh, he just uh, killed his other wife. Killed his other wife. All right. This is pretty. That's pretty brutal. It's the smell of Russia. <laughs> Do you want to hear the bear czar, moon and star, or Vasilia the beautiful? Bear czar. I thought you might say that. <laughs> okay. The bears are. Mm. Then tell me the story of the otters are. <laughs> and the twink prince. This is basically a tuckered out for you. You're a very sleepy kitten. I'm horribly ill. <laughs> I'm determined to accord. Uh, yes, now tell me the story of this top. <laughs> the bears are. <laughs> Once they lived as a czar. I was almost going to say star, and his wife, and they had no children. One day, the czar rode out to hunt beautiful beasts and to shoot at migratory birds. <laughs> That's fucked up. <laughs> Only beautiful beasts and migratory birds. Yeah, Those no. are the descriptors. It's very good. Um, <laughs> it got hot, and he wanted a drink of water. He saw a well to one side, went up to it, bent over and was about to drink his fill, but the bear czar grabbed him by the beard. Let me go, begged the czar. Give me the thing you have at home that you don't know. Then I'll let you go. 
Self-confidence. <laughs> what would I not know at home, thought the Tsar. It seems I know everything. I'd rather give you a herd of cattle, he said. No, I don't even want two herds. Well, then take a herd of horses. I don't even need two herds. Give me the thing in your house that you don't know. The Tsar agreed, freed his beard, and rode home. <laughs> he walked into his palace, and his wife had just given birth to twins, Prince Ivan and Princess Maria. Oh, Mahia. How did he not know his wife was pregnant for nine months? He's a dipshit. That's what he didn't know in his house. The Tsar threw up his hands and started crying bitterly. What's the matter? Why are you crying like that? The Tsaritsa asked him. Tsaritsa. How could I help but cry? I've given my own children away to the bear czar. And how did that happen? Like this and like that, he explained. But we won't give them up. Oh, that's impossible. He'll ruin the whole kingdom, but he'll take them in the end. Mm. So they thought and thought about what they could do, and they came up with an idea. <laughs> they dug a very deep hole, furnished it, and decorated it as if it were a palace. Yeah, I mean... They brought in all kinds of provisions so there'd be something to eat and drink. After they put their children into the hole, they made the ceiling on top, covered it with earth, and scraped it until it was completely even. So it's a, it's a castle-sized hole, or just a single room looking like it's from a castle in a hole? Probably the second one. Any more hole-specific dimensions. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Not long after that, the Tsar and Tsaritsa died, but their children grew and grew. Finally, the bear Tsar came for them. He looked here and there, but there was nobody there. The palace was empty. He walked, walked, walked around the whole house and thought, who can tell me about the Tsar's children where they're hiding? He looked and saw an owl stuck in the wall. All, all, asked the bear Tsar. Tell me, where are the Tsar's children? Take me out into the yard and throw me to the ground. Where I fall and mm. stick in the earth, dig there. The bear Tsar took the owl, went into the yard, and threw it to the ground. The owl spun, twisted, and struck right in the place where Prince Ivan and Princess Maria were hidden. The bear dug through the dirt with his paws, broke through the ceiling, and said, Ah, Princess Ivan, ah, Princess Maria, there you are. They thought they could hide you from me. nasty, feral children that are living in a hole. Yes, my prize. <laughs> Your father and mother tricked me, so for that I'll eat you up. Ah, bears are, don't eat us. Our father left us a lot of chickens and geese and all kinds of goods. There are things to whet your appetite. All right, let it be so. Climb up on my back. I'll take you to serve me. They climbed up onto his back, and the bear czar took them to the mountains so steep and high that they went up to the very sky. No one lived there. It was all deserted. We're hungry and thirsty, said Prince Ivan and Princess Maria. I'll run and bring you something to eat and drink, answered the bear. You stay here for now and rest. The bear ran off to get food, but the prince and princess stood and cried many tears. Out of nowhere a bright falcon appeared flapped his wings and said these words, Ah, Prince Ivan and Princess Maria, what kind of fate has brought you here? He told the story. Mm -hmm. Why did the bear take you? To serve him in every way. Do you want me to take you away? Climb up on my wings. They climbed up. The bright falcon rose up higher than a standing tree, lower than a passing cloud, and was about to fly away to distant lands. At that moment the bear czar ran back, caught sight of the falcon high in the sky, stuck his head against the damp earth, and burned the bird's wings with flame. The falcon's wings were singed, and he dropped the prince and princess to the ground. He can breathe fire? Yeah, so 
I believe that the bears are is the Baba Yaga's bear form, like that it's a Baba Yaga as the the queen of the forest. You're just now telling us this. Did we cover fire breathing bear Baba Yaga last last time? Very briefly, I think I be, I believe that I mentioned that sometimes the bear takes her place as the king of the forest in stories. That okay, that could be, but what about the fire breathing? I that just is now. That's the now. I'm stuck on that though. Fire. Fireball. Okay. Apparently striking his head against the earth causes fire to shoot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was also going to ask about yeah the mechanics of it. But... Yeah. It's yeah. pretty interesting. Yes, yeah. Sure. <laughs> sure, why not? Ah, said the bear. You wanted to leave me. For that, I'll eat you up. Even your bones. Don't eat us, bears are. We'll serve you faithfully. The bear forgave them and took them toward his kingdom. The mountains got higher and higher, steeper and steeper. Time passed, neither much nor little. Cool. <laughs> ah, said Prince Ivan, I want something to eat. Me too, said Princess Maria. The bear czar ran off to get food, but he gave them strict orders not to leave that spot. They sat on the green grass, and tears fell from their eyes. Out of nowhere an eagle appeared, and soared down from above the clouds, and asked, Ah, Prince Ivan and Princess Maria. By what fates have you wound up here? Told him the story. Do you want me to take you away? I have a feeling this is going to happen a third time. <laughs> How could you? The bright falcon tried to take us away, but he couldn't do it, and you won't be able to either. The falcon is a small bird. I'll fly off higher than he can. Climb up on my wings. Prince and princess climbed on. The eagle flapped his wings and flew up even higher. The bear came running, caught sight of the eagle high in the sky struck his head against the damp earth and singed the bird's wings. The eagle dropped the prince and princess to the ground. Ah, you tried to run away again, said the bear. I'll eat you up for that. Don't eat us, please. The eagle tempted us. We'll serve you in faith and truth. The bear's arbor gave them for the last time. Fed them and gave them something to drink. Took them on farther. What do you think it means the last time? Fable is self-aware that it's going to happen in threes. <laughs> time passed neither a lot nor a little ah said prince ivan i want something to eat me too said the princess the bears are left them and ran off to get food they were sitting on the green grass and crying out of nowhere a shiny little bullock appeared shook his head and asked prince ivan prince maria by what fates have you turned up here Entered the store you want me to take you away from here how could you the falcon bird and the eagle bird. I feel myself res like wrestling through my brain looking for the press X to skip button for all the <laughs> stuff that's repeated. It's just like, yeah, I know. I oh, We shouldn't, though, but we're afraid. Oh, but I'm bigger. I can fly higher. I know you're going to say that. <laughs> Get on with it. You won't be able to for sure. And they burst into tears. They could hardly say a word in their weeping. The birds can take you away, but I'll take you away. Climb up on my back. Hold square to skip. <laughs> they climbed up, and the shitty block ran off. Shitty block. It's so funny. I don't even know what a bullock is. Uh, not terribly fast. The bear caught sight of the prince and princess trying to escape, and he raced after them in pursuit. Ah, shitty bullock! Shouted the czar's children. The bear is chasing us. Is he far away? No, he's close. No sooner had the bear jumped close, he was about to grab them. But the little bullock strained a bit, 
and pasted both his eyes shut. <laughs> the bear ran to the blue sea to wash out his eyes. The shitty bullet kept going on and on. Did it shit in his face? <laughs> I think it means literal shit. <laughs> it poops in the bear's eyes? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> huh. <laughs> it means literally shitting, like full of shit. Yeah, because it strained itself. <laughs> okay. Is this the smell of Russia? <laughs> the bearzar washed himself off and started back in pursuit. Ah, little shitty bullock. The bear's after us. Is he far? Oh, he's close. The bear jumped up, but the little bullock strained again. Jesus Christ. And pasted both his eyes shut. While the bear was running to wash out his eyes, the little bullock kept going on and on. And he pasted the bear's eyes shut for a third time. After that, he gave Prince Ivan a comb and a towel and said, If the bearzar starts to get too close to us, first throw down the comb. The next time, wave the towel. Do you remember what happened with the comb and the towel last time? No. Do you want a reminder? In, yeah, sure. So, in the previous stories with a comb, you're throwing oh, oh, the comb backwards. Was that a Baba Yaga story? When that girl was playing and she made like the forest, and made the towel into a river. Mm-hmm. Is that Baba Yaga? Or... Yeah, the Baba no, Yaga was... was chasing them. Okay. Yeah, in her little like pot. Mm-hmm. Mortal and pestle. Mm-hmm. So let's see. You think the comb's a forest? Let's see about the towel. The little bear jumped up. Oh, sorry. The little shitty bullock ran on and on. Prince Ivan looked back, and the bearzar was chasing after them. He was just about to grab them. Prince Ivan took the comb and threw it down behind them. Suddenly it grew up in su- into such a great thick forest that even a bird couldn't, th- couldn't fly through it. A beast couldn't pick its way through, and a man couldn't walk through on foot. Now that's a thick bush. <laughs> and a horseman couldn't ride through it. The bear chewed and chewed. He barely managed to chew a narrow path through it for himself. He made his way through the deep forest and raced after in pursuit. But the Tsar's children were far, far away. The bear started to catch up with them. With them, Prince Ivan looked back and waved the towel behind him. Suddenly, there was a fiery lake, so very wide. The waves ran from one of it, one end of it to the other. The bear Tsar stood and stood for a while on the bank and then went back home. But the shitty little bullock, Prince Ivan, and Princess Maria ran all the way to the clearing. Ah, oh, my towel scaled with shittiness. Therefore, it's stronger than a river. It's a fire lake. <laughs> In the same clearing stood a large, wonderful house. There's a house for you, said the little bullock. Live there and don't be sad. Make a bonfire in the yard right now. Slaughter me. Those were the days. And burn me in that bonfire. Oh, fuck me, bullock. All right. Oh, no, said the Tsar's children. Why would we slaughter you? Better live with us. We'll take care of you. We'll feed you with fresh grass and give you a spring water to drink. No, no, I'm a masochist. Slaughter away, children. No, burn me. And sow my ashes in three vegetable rows. A horse will jump up from one row. A dog from the second. And an apple tree will grow up on the third. You'll go riding on the horse, Prince Ivan. And you'll go hunting with that dog. So they did everything as he had told them. One day the prince decided to go hunting. He said bye to his sister, mounted the horse, and rode off into the forest. He killed a a goose, killed a duck, 
and caught a live wolf cub and brought it home. That's cool. The prince saw that he was good at hunting, and he rode out again, shot all kinds of birds, and caught a live bear cub. The third time Prince Ivan went out hunting, he forgot to bring his dog along. At the same time, Prince Maria had gone out to do the washing. She walked along, but on the other side of the fiery lake, a six-headed dragon flew down to the bank, took on the form of a handsome man, caught sight of the princess, and spoke so sweetly. Hello, fair maiden. Hello, good young man. I've heard from old people that in earlier times this lake did not exist. They built a high bridge above it. I could cross over to that side and marry you. Wait, there'll be a bridge there in a moment, Princess Maria answered him, and she threw up the towel. The very moment the towel bent into an arch and stopped over the lake as a beautiful bridge. Dragon crossed over the bridge, turned back into its original form, locked up Prince Ivan's dog, threw the key into the lake. Then he grabbed the princess and carried her away. Prince Ivan came home hunting and found his sister missing and the dog howling, locked up. He saw the bridge over the lake and said, A dragon must have carried off my sister. That's his first thought, a dragon. He set off to search for her. He walked and walked, and in the open field he saw a hut on chicken legs and on dog's heels. What? On chicken legs, on dog's heels. Interesting. Little hut, little hut. Turn your back to the forest and your front to me. The hut turned, and Prince Ivan went in. In the hut lay Baba Yaga, bony leg, from corner to corner, nose grown into the ceiling. Fie, fie, she said. Until now I couldn't smell the Russian spirit, but now the Russian spirit appears before my eyes, throws itself into my nose. Why have you come, Prince Ivan? If only you could ease my grief. And what is your grief? The prince told her. Well, go home. You have an apple tree in your yard. Break three green twigs off it. Braid them together. And there where the dog is locked up, hit the lock with them. The lock will immediately fly apart into little pieces. Then bravely go find the dragon. He won't be able to stand against you. Prince Ivan went home and freed the dog. She ran out as angry as could be. Or he took the bear cub and the wolf cub along with him too. Set out to fight the dragon. The beast threw themselves on it and tore it to shreds. But Prince Ivan took Princess Maria, and they began to live and live well, to earn riches. The end. Uh, There's two types of Baba Yaga in the story. Bear, Czar. One with shit in its eyes, and one without. No, that was a shitty bollock. No, but the shitty bollock shot in the bear's eyes. Oh yeah, that's true, yeah, that's true. Okay, we're, we're to our last story here. Yes, and I've gone and taken a nap, so we're, we're ready to get back into it. Jumping back in. I had to nap. It's like you needed a little quick nap time. <laughs> uh, so where would we leave off? Well, now we're going to talk about Vesalisa the Beautiful. Mm. Sounds kind of diametrically opposed to the nasty bog witch we've been focusing on. Ah, well, <laughs> Baba Yaga's in it. Alright. Once upon a time, in a certain kingdom, there lived a merchant. Which kingdom? A certain one. A certain one? He lived with his wife for 12 years and had only one daughter. 
That's the least of the beautiful. Was she ugly? <laughs> the girl was eight years old when her mother died. As she was dying, the merchant's wife called her daughter to her, pulled out a doll from under the blanket, gave it to her, and said, Listen, my dear Vasilisa, remember and carry out my final words. I'm dying, and along with my parental blessing, I leave you this doll here. Always keep her with you, and don't show her to anyone. If ever some grief happens to you, give her something to eat and ask her advice. She will eat and tell you what to do to help in your misfortune. Then the mother kissed her daughter and died. After his wife's death, the merchant grieved for a while, as was proper, and then he started to think about getting married again. He was a good man, and there were plenty of potential brides, but the one who pleased him most was a widow. She was already a certain age and had two daughters of her own, almost the same age as Vasilisa. He thought uh, two she must sisters. Yes. He thought she must be an experienced housewife and mother. The merchant married the widow, but he was disappointed in her and didn't gain a mother for his Vasilisa. Vasilisa was the prettiest girl in the village. Her stepmother and stepsisters envied her beauty and tormented her with all kinds of work hoping she would get thin from the work and her skin would darken from wind and sun. Yeah. Wind usually does that to your skin. She had no kind of life at all. Vasilisa like bore it all. a very busy life. Yeah. <laughs> she bore it all without complaining. Every day she grew more plump and beautiful, while her stepmother and her daughters got skinnier and uglier from spite, even though they sat with their hands folded, like arist aristocratic? Aristocratic, yeah. Aristocrats. Young ladies. Mm. And how could this be? Well, Vasilisa's little doll helped her. How could the girl have handled all that work without that? But often Vasilisa herself would have nothing to eat. She would save the tastiest morsel for her doll. In the evening, once everyone had gone to bed, she would shut herself in the storeroom where she lived and give the doll something to eat, saying, Here, dolly, have a bite to eat. Listen to my grief. So is this like the doll in What We Do in the Shadows? Maybe. I hope so. A little mini-me. What's the lady's name in that show? Raja? Mm. No. Something. It is something, indeed. A certain name, as they would say. Here, dolly, have a bite to eat and listen to my grief. Naja. Naja. Naja's little doll. I live in my father's house, but I see no joy. My evil stepmother is trying to drive me off the surface of the earth. Tell me, how should I act and live, and what should I do? The dolly would have a bite and then give her advice and comfort her in her grief. And in the morning, she would do all kinds of work for Vasilisa. Vasilisa would just relax in the shade and pick flowers, while her rows of vegetables were already weeded, and the cabbage watered, and the water carried, and the stove heated. The little doll also showed Vasilisa what herbs to use against sunburn. She had a good life with her doll. Several years passed. Vasilisa grew up and was old enough to marry. All the young bachelors in the city had an eye on Vasilisa, but no one even looked at the stepmother's daughters. The stepmother grew even more spiteful and said to all her suitors, I won't let the younger one marry before the older ones do. After she saw the suitors out the door, she took out her angry feelings by beating Vasilisa. Oh, that's sad. I wonder if the dad knows about it or not. You didn't proofread this one for child abuse? I skimmed it, but uh. <laughs> apparently it was just a short, a short one. One day the merchant had to leave on a long trip for business. 
Sorry, the stepmother moved to another house, and that house stood next to a deep, dark forest. In a glade in the forest stood a little house, and a Baba Yaga lived in that little house. She didn't let anyone come near, and she ate people as if they were chickens. After they moved to the new place, the merchant's wife kept sending Vasilisa, who was so hateful to her, into the woods on some errand or other, but Vasilisa always came home safely. The little doll showed her the way and didn't let her get close to the Baba Yaga's house. Stepmom hasn't, like, clocked this doll and asked herself what, what its purpose is and why it seems so animated and full of vigor and the ability to do mundane tasks. I believe part of the magic of the doll is that it's supposed to be secret, so she's been hiding it. All right. Her mom said don't let anyone see it. Keep your secret. Adam came. The stepmother gave all three girls evening tasks. She made one of them tat lace, the other knit stockings, and Vasilisa spin, and she set them all to their lessons. She put out every light in the whole house, leaving only one candle where the girls were working, and she herself went to bed. Why can't they have more candles? <laughs> candles be expensive. It takes a minute to make a candle. The girls worked. The candles started to smoke. One of the stepmother's daughter picked up the tongs to fix the wick, Instead of doing that, she snuffed out the candle as if by accident. Clumsy idiot. Following your mother's orders. What can we do now, the girl said. There's no flame in the whole house, and we haven't finished our task. We can play pretend I'm your boyfriend. That's a fun dark time game that we usually play. <laughs> Someone has to run and get fire from the Baba Yaga. I have, to, I have light for my pins, said the one who was tatting lace. I won't go. I won't go either, said the one who was knitting a stocking. I have light from the needles. You have to go get fire, they both shouted. Go see Baba Yaga. And they pushed Vasilisa out of the room. Vasilisa went to her little storeroom, put the dinner she had prepared in front of the doll, and said, Here, dolly, have a bite to eat and listen to my grief. They're sending me to get fire from a Baba Yaga. The Baba Yaga will eat me up. If you luck. The doll had a bite to eat, and her eyes lit up like two candles. Don't be afraid, dear Vasilisa. Go where they're sending you, but always keep me with you. Nothing bad can happen to you at a Baba Yaga's if I'm with you. Vasilisa got ready, put her doll into her pocket, crossed herself, you know, Catholic, Catholic one, Indeed. and set off into the deep, dark forest. She walked along and trembled. Suddenly a horseman galloped past her. He himself was white and dressed in white. That's interesting. The horse he rode was white. reminds me of the bright falcon. Oh, yeah. And the harness on the horse was white. It began to get light in the woods. It was like a ferryman or something. It's a clan member riding by. As she walked further along, another horseman galloped past. He himself was red and dressed in red and on a red steed. The sun began to rise. Vasilisa walked all night and all day, and she didn't reach the clearing where Baba Yaga's house stood until evening. The fence around the house was made of human bones. Human skulls with eyes stuck on the fence. Oh, artisanal. There were human leg bones in the gate instead of posts, and there were arm bones instead of doors, and a mouth with sharp teeth instead of a lock. I like it. That sounds a lot, lovely. A lot of very um, cannibalistic in this one. Mm-hmm. Or just, you know, upcycling. <laughs> There's a lot of bones around in medieval Europe. Especially if you're eating people. Yeah, use them for something. You don't need to just throw them away. Vasilisa felt faint with horror and stood there as if rooted to the spot. Suddenly another horseman rode by. He was black, dressed in all black, and on a black steed. 
He rode up to Baba Yaga's gate and disappeared as if the earth had swallowed him. Night had come. But the darkness didn't last long. The eyes of all the skulls on the fence lit up, and the whole clearing became light as midday. Vasilisa was shaking with fear, but since she didn't know where to run, she stayed where she was. Soon a dreadful noise came from the forest. The trees cracked, the dry leaves rustled. Baba Yaga rode out of the forest. She was riding in a mortar, driving with a pestle, and sweeping her tracks away with a, br a broom. Yep, it's pretty, classic. pretty classic. She rode up to the gate, stopped, sniffed all around her, and shouted, Fie, fie, I smell a Russian smell, who's there? <laughs> Russians apparently are very They've smelly to Baba must. Yaga's. <laughs> Baba Yaga smelled the Russians. Vasilisa went up to the old woman fearfully, bowed low, and said, I'm here, Granny. The stepmother's daughter sent me to get fire from you. From a certain town and a certain stepmother. All right, said the Baba Yaga. I know them. Live here for now and work for me. Then I'll give you some fire. If not, I'll eat you. Then she turned to the gates and shouted, Hey, unlock my firm locks. Open up my wide gate. The gate opened and Baba Yaga rode in, whistling a tune. Vasilisa followed her, and then everything closed and locked back up. When she got into the room, Baba Yaga stretched out and said to Vasilisa, Vasilisa lit a splinter from the skulls on the fence and began getting food out of the stove and serving it to the Yaga. There was enough food ready for there for ten people. She brought vas, meat, beer, and wine up from the cellar. The old woman ate and drank everything up. All she left for Vasilisa was a bit of cabbage soup, a crust of bread, and a little piece of ham. It's not humans, so I'd be grateful. It's not the worst. Um, yeah, kind of. It smells. It sounds a little bit like a deconstructed, like uh, clue of pork plate. Yeah, something as you would have in Hawaii. Baba Yaga began to get ready for bed and said, "When I go out tomorrow, here's what I want you to do: clean up the yard, sweep out the house, make dinner, get the laundry ready, go into the granary, take a quarter measure of wheat, and clean the wild peas out of it, and be sure to do everything." If you don't, I'll eat you. After she gave these orders, the Baba Yaga started snoring. But Vasilisa put the old woman's leftovers in front of the doll, burst into tears, and said, Here, dolly, have a bite to eat and listen to my grief. Baba Yaga has given me hard work, and she says she'll eat me if I don't finish everything. Help me! The doll answered. There's some expectation there on the part of the young girl. Yeah. Don't fear, Vasilisa the Beautiful. Eat some dinner, say your prayers, and go to bed. Morning is wiser than the evening. Vasilisa woke up early, early, but Baba Yaga was already up. She looked out the window. The eyes of the skulls were dimming. There the white rider passed, and it got completely light. Baba Yaga went out into the yard and whistled, and the mortar and pestle and the broom appeared before her. The red horseman flashed by, and the sun rose. Baba Yaga got in the mortar and rode out of the yard. She drove with the pestle and swept her tracks away with the broom. Now Vasilisa was left alone. She looked around the Baba Yaga's house, marveled at the abundance of everything, and stopped and thought, What task should she start first? She looked, and all the work was already done. The doll was picking up the last black grains out of the wheat. Oh, you, you've saved me, she said to the doll. You've rescued me from misfortune. All that's left for you to do is to make the dinner, the doll answered, climbing into Vasilisa's pocket. Good luck as you cook it, and then rest all you want. Toward evening, Vasilisa set the table and waited for Baba Yaga. It started to get dark. 
The black horseman flashed by outside the gate, and it got completely dark. Only the eyes of the skulls showed light. The trees began to crack. The leaves began to rustle. The Baba Yaga was coming. Vasilisa met her at the door. Is everything done? asked Yaga. Be so good as to look for yourself, Granny, said Vasilisa. Baba Yaga looked over everything, felt a bit disappointed that there was nothing to be angry about, and said, All right. Then she shouted, My true servants, my heartfelt friends, grind the wheat for me. Three pairs of hands appeared. I can very much relate to the sensation of feeling very disappointed that there's nothing to be angry about. I feel like the human nature needs to complain in order yeah. to be truly happy. I live off that hot goss. It's the gossip of complaining that really does it for everyone, I think. Indeed. <laughs> Three pairs of hands appeared, picked up the wheat, and took it out of sight. Those are the disembodied hands that I mentioned last episode. Yeah, the Doctor Strange uh, conjures. Yes. Baba Yaga ate her fill, began to get ready for bed, and once again gave orders to Vasilisa. Tomorrow do the same things you did today, and besides that, take the poppy seed from the granary and clean the dirt out of it, grain by grain. You see, someone mixed a lot of earth into it, out of spite. The old woman finished speaking, turned to the wall, and started snoring, and Vasilisa started to feed her doll. The doll ate a bit and told her the same thing as the night before. Pray to God and go to bed. Morning's wiser than the evening. Everything will be done. Vasilisushka. Is this where we get the word Vaseline from? I'm probably not saying it with a proper vowel sound because I don't know how to speak Russian at all. We could call her Vaseline from now on. There's probably like a way to say it that's prettier than the way that I'm saying it. And I apologize to everyone that speaks Russian. Go ahead and correct me and I will either play your audio bit or try my best after repeating it several hundred times. Okay, call her Vaseline. Yeah. <laughs> In the morning, Baba Yaga rode her mortar again out of the yard and Vasilisa and the doll took care of all the work right away. The old woman returned, looked everything over and shouted, my true servants, my heartfelt friends, press the oil out of the poppy seed for me. The three pairs of hands appeared, grabbed the poppy seed, and took it away. Baba Yaga began to eat dinner. She ate, and Vasilisa stood there silently. Why don't you say anything? asked the Baba Yaga. You stand there as if you're mute. I didn't dare, answered Vasilisa. But if you'll permit me, then I would like to ask you about a few things. Ask me. Only not every question leads to good. You know too much, you'll soon get old. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> this is why I don't learn anything anymore. <laughs> trying to retain my youth. It almost rhymed. I want to ask you, Granny. It sure did. <laughs> I want to ask you, Granny, about only about what I saw. When I was coming here, a horseman on a white horse rode past me, all white and wearing white clothes. Who is he? That's my clear day, answered Baba Yaga. Then another horseman passed me on a red horse, all dressed in red. Who is that? That's my beautiful son, S-U-N, answered Baba Yaga. And what does the black horseman mean, Granny, the one who passed me at your very gate? That's my black knight. They're all my faithful servants. Vasilisa remembered the three pairs of hands and said nothing. Why don't you ask me more, asked Baba Yaga. That'll do for me. You said yourself, Grandmother, that if I learn too much, I'll get old. Baba Yaga said, It's good that you ask only about what you saw outside the yard, and not what's in the yard. I don't like to have dirty laundry 
brought out of my house, and I eat the ones who are too curious. Now I shall ask you, how do you manage to finish all the work I order you to do? My mother's blessing helps me, answered Vasilisa. Ah, it's a good secret answer. Secrets. So that's it. You get away from here, blessed daughter. I don't need anyone with a blessing. She dragged Vasilisa out of the room and pushed her through the gate. Took a skull with glowing eyes off the fence, stuck it on a stake and handed it to her and said, Here's the fire for the stepmother's daughters. Take it. After all, that's why they sent you here. Vasilisa sent off homeward at a run with her skull, which stopped burning as soon as morning came. Finally, toward the end of the second day, she made it back towards her own home. As she came up to the gate, she wanted to throw the skull away. Surely they don't need the fire anymore at home, she thought to herself. But suddenly she heard a dull voice out of the skull. Don't throw me away. Take me to your stepmother. Don't put me in the trash. <laughs> she glanced at her stepmother's house, saw no light in any of the windows, and made up her mind to take the skull in there. For the very first time, they welcomed her warmly, and they told her that ever since she had left, there had been no flame in the house. They couldn't strike one themselves, and no matter what fire they brought from the neighbors, it would go out as soon as they brought it into the room. But perhaps your fire will last, said her stepmother. They brought the skull into the main room, and the eyes gave the stepmother and her daughters such a look from the skull that it just burned them. <laughs> they tried to hide, but no matter where they ran, the eyes kept following them. In the morning... It had burned them entirely to ashes. Only Vasilisa was left untouched. It's because she was covered in Vaseline. It is a flame retardant. Is it really? Yeah. In the morning, Vasilisa buried the skull in the earth, locked the house with the key, went into the city, and asked permission to live with an old woman who had no children. She lived very well there and waited for her father. Then one day she said to the old woman, It's dull for me to sit with nothing to do, Granny. Go and buy me some of the best flax. At least I can do some spinning. The old woman bought her some of the very best flax. Vasilisa sat down to work. Her work went wonderfully. The thread came out thin and even as hair. She collected a lot of thread. It was time to start weaving. But they couldn't find the loom reeds to suit Vasilisa's thread. No one would agree to make them. Vasilisa tried asking her doll, and her doll said, Bring me any old reed and an old shuttle and a horse's mane. I'll put everything together for you. Vasilisa got everything necessary and lay down to sleep while the doll prepared a wonderful loom for her overnight. Toward the end of winter, the linen cloth was woven, and it was so fine that it could be put through a needle's eye in place of a thread. In the spring, they bleached the cloth, and Vasilisa said to the old woman, Granny, sell this cloth and take the money for yourself. The old woman glanced at the stuff and gasped. No, my child, no one may wear this kind of cloth except the Tsar. I'll take it to the palace. The old woman set off to the Tsar's palace, and walked back and forth under the windows. The Tsar caught sight of her and said, What do you need, old woman? Your royal majesty, answered the old woman. I have brought some wonderful goods. I don't want to show them to anyone but you. The Tsar ordered the old woman shown into him, and as soon as he saw the cloth, he marveled. What do you want for it? asked the Tsar. It has no price, father Tsar. I brought it to you as a gift. The Tsar thanked the old woman and sent her home with presents. They began to make the Tsar's shirts out of that cloth. They cut them out, but they couldn't find a seamstress anywhere who would take it upon herself to make them. They looked for a long time. Finally, the Tsar summoned the old woman and said, You knew how to spin and weave this kind of cloth, so you must know how to sew shirts from it. 
I'm not the one lord who spun and wove the cloth, said the old woman. It's the work of my ward, a young woman. Then let her sew them. The old woman returned home and told Vasilisa about everything. Vasilisa said to her, I knew this work would not pass by my hands. She shut herself up in her room and got to work. She sewed without resting, and soon a dozen shirts were ready. Almost done. <laughs> the old woman took the shirts to the czar. Vasilisa washed her face, combed her hair, got dressed, and sat down under by the window. She sat there and waited to see what would happen. She saw the czar's servant come into the old woman's yard. He walked into the room and said, the Lord Czar wants to see the master who worked on the shirts for him, and to reward her from his own royal hands. Vasilisa went and appeared before the Tsar. The moment the Tsar saw Vasilisa beautiful, he fell madly in love. No, he said, my beauty! I won't be separated from you. You're to be my wife. Okay. I feel like you should ask. Right? Yeah. I don't know. Then the Tsar took Vasilisa by her white hands and sat her down beside him, and they held the wedding then and there. Soon Vasilisa's father, too, returned, rejoiced at her fate, stayed to live with his daughter. Yet she wasn't that mad about his dead family. I mean, she... They were burned by the magic of a Baba Yaga, so it's not like he could do much about it, but anyway. Vasilisa brought the old woman to live with her, and as long as Vasilisa lived, she always carried the little doll in her pocket. The end. Bazinga. Well, thank you for that, Maddie. I love that one. I was like, wanted it to be the last one because I think it's the most interesting. <laughs> it's got all the Baba Yaga elements. Yeah. How do you feel about it? Mm. Sleepy? Fairy tales are... I mean, they're meant to kind of lull you. But they do, yeah, they just repeat elements over and over. It just becomes a this rhythmic kind of lullaby. You're very sleepy, sleepy cat for this one. I appreciate you wanted to do it, even though you're not feeling well. Yeah, what? anytime. Got it. Indeed. All right. So if you liked this and you want to listen to more or support us, you can find us on anchor.fm slash storyteller. You can send us an email at storyteller at gmail.com. Our Instagram is storytellingpodcast, And our TikTok is ADD underscore storytelling. Send us any Russian corrections. I know we have some friends that speak Russian. Maybe they'll listen to this one. <laughs> um, thanks so much for being here with us. Me and Sleepy Tucker. Hey, everybody. <laughs> Bye. Good night.